It's time to come back to the table and start speaking about the last six months experience I have had on the dating sites Match.com and Hinge. At the beginning of the year, I signed up for Match.com and I spoke to this for about two months as it related to my experiences with Jar of Hearts. I decided to continue on the dating sites and expanded my reach to include the dating app Hinge. In April, I went on to Hinge and within a day or two of signing up, I was really surprised at the number of prospects that I was seeing and were appearing in my inbox, inboxes having an interest. Ironically, within the first four hours, I had five people who on paper looked pretty interesting. The first one was a gentleman who resided about two towns away from me in Connecticut. That felt safe and comfortable because it wasn't a long distance relationship. The second one was an individual who actually lived across the water from where I lived, which felt really a stone's throw away, maybe too close for comfort. But the next three, ironically, in retrospect, I believe were one and the same gentleman. The first one's name was Robert. Robert was an architect slash interior designer who was in New York City. His background was Norwegian and he had a solid uh, book of business in luxury design. The first couple of hours on, on Hinge, he was referring to me as honey, sweetheart, dear, sunshine, and all of those pet names were making me cringe. I kept saying, I am not a honey, a deer, a sweetheart, a baby, etc. Those are all terms of endearment, and I don't know you well enough to have you refer to me in that manner. We spoke for a couple of days via text message. Right away, his suggestion were to move to WhatsApp or Google Chat. Neither one of those apps is something that is appealing to me. And I voiced that I have too much going on in my life to move over to another app to discuss things. He continued to chat with me and I got to know a little bit more about his background. Divorced five or six years, had been married for 15, no children, and pretty much looking for a long-term relationship. I was surprised how much details he told me about his background. His mom, his mom had lived with him in New York when she came over to visit during the early part of the pandemic and stayed during that time. She went back to Norway and how true and heartfelt he felt about his relationship. A couple of his pictures on his profile looked unusually suspect. I have a friend who had been on this app for a while and I asked her to take a look at him. And she responded that she had seen him on a number of dating apps. I asked him how long he had been on Hinge and he said the day before he reached out to me. So right away there was a lie or a misrepresentation out of the gate. I took his picture and started to look at it really seriously and just felt that there was more to this than met the eye. 
I decided to move it over to a database called catfishes.com, appropriately so. When I scanned his picture, the images of his picture responded back with 57 different hits. And one of them referred to a different name, a different location, and somebody had referred to him as being definitely a catfisher. I had no idea what to do next. So I decided to see how long it would take for this gentleman to ask for the ask. Week two of our interactions, he asked if we wanted to get together. Although our schedules were very busy, I couldn't coordinate a time frame to meet with him. And I was a little leery knowing what I knew about him. He wanted me to come to the New York side of where he resided. And my framework for that was it wasn't going to happen. It was easy to just muddy it all up with, oh, my schedule didn't allow it. All of a sudden, within two or three days, he said he was traveling on a business trip. It seemed to crop up out of nowhere. And he was going overseas for a trade show. He left on a Friday and on a Sunday, he texted me and said, I've arrived. I have a wicked headache from traveling. I'm hungry and tired. I'm going to rest up for a while. But he said, I'm so disappointed that you didn't ask me how my travels were. I said, I wasn't really sure when you were leaving. In fact, you had told me you were leaving on Sunday. So given that there's our time differences, perhaps you got confused. Nevertheless, day two, he responded back to that response from me. And his response was, oh yeah, I could understand where you got confused with that. I'm going to go out and visit the shoreline today. I have a day before the, con the trade conference starts. So I'll take some pictures. Would you like some pictures? I said, sure. The first group of pictures he sent was flowers. The flowers did not look like they came from another country. In fact, the flowers looked like they were shot more close to where I lived or even to being in the States. The first group of flowers were a bunch of brown-eyed Susans, which I don't think are grown in overseas. They just didn't look like they belonged overseas. The second group of pictures were definitely pictures coming off the internet. They were pictures of the sea, the shoreline, fishes, and I thought, he must think I am really naive. The third group of pictures were of him, and they were just casual shots of him on a balcony. Once again, he looked the same as the Catfisher database. I just said, oh, great pictures, thank you for sharing. He asked if I wanted to speak on the phone. And I thought, interesting, he's away and he wants to speak on the phone. So he gave me a call. I could not hear him well, but he claimed he could hear me. He sounded like he was in a tin can. And I thought, this has got to be some type of different phone. It doesn't sound like it's a regular phone line or a mobile phone. It sounded like maybe voice over internet. I decided to look up his phone number and his phone number was nowhere to be found. 
And then I thought, this guy is using a burner phone. And now I was getting intrigued. I mean, look at all of these things he's trying to do to make me feel like he is a normal guy. Day three of his trip, the ask started warming up. He told me that he was at the trade show and he had found beautiful artwork that he was in love with. He had purchased more at more expensive price points and had found two more pieces of artwork that he was interested in buying. However, he was so stressed out because he wasn't able to purchase them because his funds wouldn't allow it. I thought, okay, he's warming up for the ask. So I said, oh, just calm down. You should be okay. You just focus on what you have to do. You only have a couple more days. Everything will fall into place. It usually does. Maybe by the last day of the trade conference, it's meant to be the artwork will still be there and you'll be able to get it for a better price point. He said, no, 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 you don't understand. This is very expensive and it's going to sell for twice the value back home. Would you be willing to participate in helping me purchase this? And when I get home to New York, I'll give you your money back in a couple of days. I thought, oh my, he is strategic. Let's see where he's going to go with this. I said, oh, I'm not sure if I'm comfortable with that, but how much are you looking for? So he said, well, the value of these pieces, the two pieces of, will cost me $350,000. I thought, perhaps there's too many zeros in this message. I said, okay. I said, and what do you feel the value will be when you're back in the States? He said, at least 70% more than the asking price. This is a great return on investment. I said, well, you know, in retrospect, perhaps I should help you up. I think that I'm able to give you $400,000 because you could certainly use the extra to buy yourself something special. Why don't you just give me the information? I'll send you $400,000 because you're worth it. Babe. At that point, I immediately blocked him and, and disengaged our conversation. I couldn't begin to laugh more as to how that ass came in less than two weeks. Ironically, a gentleman I was speaking with, whose name was Willie, also was talking to me during the same time frame. Willie asked how many people I was speaking to on, on this app. Ironically, at that point, I was speaking with two other individuals, Robert, the architect, and Dan, the executive for Shell Oil. I thought something feels the same about all three of these men. And I thought, I think they're all one and the same. Willie became amazingly open how he had lost his wife five years ago due to cancer, that he had two grown children who he loved and adored, and they had adopted these two children. Willie was formerly in the service. He was a procurement officer in one of the branches of service. I believe it was the army. And also now he was involved in being self-employed, doing cryptocurrency and negotiating D 
deals, trade deals with China. Well, those things sound extremely important. Also, they sound very aggressively busy. He too was calling me names, like how important it would be to have someone strong in his life, someone who represented his best friend, his, he could build a business empire with me in his background. And I thought, why haven't you built your empire already? Why do you need me? So you can see this inflation of interest coming from Willie. Once again, Willie has disappeared and gone off to a city, China, where he's trying to negotiate a deal. I thought, same feel, same sounds, same kind of story. All of a sudden, within two days, he was in China. No one leaves to go to China for business within two days. He told me that he had cured an amazing contract. And though, although he didn't drink, he was celebrating with a huge bottle of wine. I thought, this is all very interesting. You're in China, you transact a deal, and you secure it within two days, and you've got a bottle of wine that you're celebrating with. I just didn't buy it. We talked for a couple of days via text because there were other significant deals that were on his horizon. Again, I was pretty sure he was going to go for the ask. He asked if he could call me, and he did. And once again, I couldn't hear him at the other end. He too sounded like he was in a tin can. And I'm thinking, these men must be using some type of internet phone, and wherever they are, it must be a call center because they can hear me, but I can't hear them. Willie and I were talking and I said to him, you know, I just don't feel like you're authentic. At which time he got superbly offended by it. The word superbly is the noun. It's the adjective. It's a lot of different variations. Anyway, I think you understand what I'm saying. He was very aggressive in how his behavior was acting. He seemed to think that he had shared very much with me. And then although we only knew each other for about two weeks, he was definitely having strong feelings that he couldn't explain. I don't know about you, but two weeks on the internet in an online dating world, strong feelings, you're in China, you're transacting deals, you're celebrating with a bottle of wine. It is all too suspect for me. I decided to close that chapter down that conversation and once again I blocked him. The third gentleman who was in the back shadows of these two was a gentleman by the name of Dan. Dan was in retrospect pretty suave. He was retiring this year from Shell. He did a lot of traveling. He immediately asked me if I wanted to travel to France on a cruise. I hadn't even said hello, and two hours later he wanted to do a cruise. He told me that he had worked for 25 years for Shell in an administrative role, and that he worked hard, and he was looking forward to retirement 
at the end of 2022. However, he would definitely stay on in more of a consultation capacity. He had a lot of questions as to what I did. And when I explained to him what my vision was and what I was doing in terms of building an online platform, he explained that he thought I would some, be someone he could invest in. And did I need some silent investors because he had a lot of friends at Shell who were investors. He told me he had been on the forefront of investing in Amazon, Peloton, other startups, and had done very well with his ability to uh, secure investors for these companies as well as himself. I indicated thank you, but no thanks. I was traveling on my own journey. I didn't feel like I needed investors. He had uncanny knowledge of what I could do and how I could expand my horizons with my business venture. Once again, he asked, could he call me? When he called, I couldn't hear him. There was starting to be a definite theme to these three gentlemen. All three of them advanced to having a conference on a phone or a conversation on a phone, which I could never hear them. The men and I said, I can't hear you. They would respond, I can hear you perfectly. And I'd say, well, it's not working. Where are you? What kind of phone are you using? And they would disengage. And then the phone would go silent and they wouldn't call back or reach back out for days. Same concept. Robert, Willie, and now Dan. So I didn't hear from him for a couple of days. And then I heard back from him late one evening. It was a holiday evening and I thought, Funny that this guy calls or, you know, communicates so late at night, 9.30, 1.30, my time in the morning. And I was beginning to realize there was a time difference. Definitely, they were somewhere else. In speaking to him, I realized that he could have been Rob or Willie. He had mentioned names and things ironically the same way as the other two. I was beginning to wonder, were they all in a pond or in a call center making their daily calls? They must have had a script because they were all beginning to sound alike. I immediately decided it was time to disengage. I was just wasting my time. And basically, it wasn't funny anymore. I was thinking, how many women out there are being attracted to these men? men who appear to have an amazing career, men who have been waiting all their lives for you to walk into their lives, and perhaps men who seem to be calling you endearing names. It's hard not to feel warm and fuzzy when someone calls you dear, sweetheart, baby, sunshine. Then you realize that it all is love bombing. Well, we all know my experience, with, my experience with love bombing. We all know that I've done a podcast on that very topic. And I realized once again, this was a time and place where once again, I was being loved. Getting more secure at this, I was beginning to feel confident on being able to smell it, to feel it, and to know the eject button was going to be coming. And so, as I started to think about my experience in less than a month, 
with three different catfishes or perhaps one catfisher wearing three different names. Women out here are vulnerable. They're online. They're looking for a relationship. How do we protect ourselves? How do we look as to who's real, who's not? Who would have the savvy protocol of looking up a website that was catfishes? Well, I was beginning to realize how important it was for me to help others. How could I avoid this myself and tell the narrative? I think knowledge is power and power comes from knowing and having due diligence. I've always been in a world where I practiced my due diligence. In corporate America, I've always been savvy enough to make a timeline of where I am, where I need to go, and how I'm going to get there. I know that this same timeline exists as it relates to relationships. It is hard to be objective. It is hard not to want to just shut these dating apps down. I think there is a purpose. I think there is definitely a need to educate women. But I also think Jar of Hearts is not just for men, it's for women as well. We all are looking for a relationship. We all are looking for someone to share our life with. I'm looking for someone to walk through life with. I don't want to be in their shadows. I don't want to be in their love bombing tactics. I want to be involved with the real person. How do I know how to separate the real person from a catfisher? How do I know how to navigate turbulent catfishing and populations of many shocks in the waters? I realized that going through Match.com and Hinge, for every one guy that seemed normal, there were five guys that didn't seem to be as balanced. I'm getting pretty good at scrolling, clicking, X, deleting. I also stop and look at them and say, are your pictures real? Have you captured somebody from the internet? I don't check every single one on the catfishing site, but now I'm getting pretty aware of what I don't even want to waste my time on. So I continue on my journey. Altogether, it's not quite six months that I've been on these two dating sites. There's a lot of activity, hundreds of people saying hello, hundreds of people wanting to act in a conversation. Many of them have suggested WhatsApp, others Google Chat. None of those work for me, and I think none of them should work for anybody else. You gotta think, why would you wanna go off talking to anybody on those apps? If you have an iPhone or an Android, and you're gonna share phone numbers, it's easy to block someone, and it's even easier to speak with them. You don't need voice over the internet phone systems, and all of those seem to be red flags. You notice the theme? I'm starting to understand red flags. So I feel like in the last six months, I've come a long way. My goals and objectives are not to find anyone other than the people that appear honest and forthright and are caring and have a zest for life and are absolutely who stands before me, truthful and honest. I'm beginning to call it the ABCs. What am I looking for? 
I'm looking for A, ambitious. Definitely B, have to have some ability to be truthful and actually share uh, their personalities in a way that are not, you know, suspect. Their background is very important. So I kind of listen to what they say and see they have to have character. So ambition, brains, and character all go hand in hand in my selection of ABCs. I hope you find this entertaining. As I said, they're my stories. Sometimes I laugh, sometimes I reflect, but most of all, I'm continuing on my journey with dream, educating and motivating. You can't sit still, you have to move forward one step at a time. And when you move forward, nothing ventured, nothing lost. It's all content material for me. So in my exploration, I'm having fun. I'm learning a lot more now. I'm six months more into understanding the world of dating. Jar of Hearts will continue, I'm sure. And keep listening. We may have another story.